Welcome to the What I've Reached show, episode number 62. This is the White Male Privilege episode, um, because all of our, our, our horrible leanings have been vindicated this week. And we have so much other things to talk about, though, so I think... We, are we going to try Politics Light? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, honestly. To not talk about politics? Yeah. It's going to be a rough one, folks. Okay, one. okay. So let's just get, the, get this out of the way. So, as many of you probably know by now, uh, WWE Hall of Famer... Donald Trump has been elected to the White House. He's he's not even making that up. Like that is an actual thing. WWE Hall of Famer, uh, the only president we've had so far to receive a stone cold stunner. Uh, you know, which I, again, I don't know why anybody was complaining about experience. He he got the stunner and he, and he's still walking around. Teddy Roosevelt walked around and shot animals, and Donald Trump took stunners. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, what what else is there what really else more to say? talk about? Yeah, I mean. All right, so I'm going to get this out of the way. Uh, I'm not really excited about it. I'm just not. Just not at all. Uh, I, I keep trying to be a little bit positive about it, but when it comes down to it, the people that I've seen that basically support Donald Trump tend to fall in one of two categories. Either A, racist, um, and sorry, you know, that's not the majority of you, but there's quite a lot of people who are just simply racist. Okay, so as I was ranting, um, there's only a couple kind of Trump supporters that I found so far. Number one is just the pure racist, again, of which there are not, you know, that's not even a majority. Um, there is there is far more, I think, just straight up racist people than supported Clinton. But I think it's a very vocal minority. I, I think so, too. Um, and, and, there's, and that's partly because I think Trump has really said a lot of things that appeal to racists. Like, um, again... Not, I'm not I'm not calling everybody racist here, but let, let's cats Here's, out of the bag, dude. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that he said that are very very racist or certainly lean very very racist. Here's here's kind of the thing, um, and I'm I'm not a Trump apologist or a supporter in any way shape or form, but sometimes when we're against what somebody is trying to say, we tend to. Um, Add a little zest, or or read oh, into true. things just, a little bit more exaggerating than than um, than what people actually say. Now, he did say that Mexico was sending us their worst, and that their worst was you know murders and rapists and whatnot. Um, which you know, some, yeah. See, he kind of, of the- accidentally. I don't know if he accidentally or intentionally called you know like many many immigrants in America. Um, um, the worst, you know, murderous and rapists that's, and things. Um, that's but, the way the far left has has taken it. Um, I, I tend to try and stay a little bit more positive in the middle. Okay, dude, he shouldn't have said that. Like, there's there's no there's yes, no he, beating around the bush. There, there's, there's no way he should have said that, especially in the way he did it. Now, it is true that some of what we're getting from Mexico are those things. Well, I mean, that's true but of any sizable population, but, I think. But there's a pretty sizable population of those things within our own borders that we're already here. Um, yeah, like most of them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the the thing is, there there's that there's that kind of supporter uh, of which you know that just I'm not talking to you because there's no change in your mind. Like y- right. you've already made a stupid choice that uh, that no amount of logic is going to refute. So again, I don't think that's most of you. Um, but there there is a, a a not insignificant portion of people who are supporting Trump just basically basically on the racist things that he said. Uh, you know, and I'm sorry, but when he talks about uh, what was he, what did he call it the deportation uh, squad the deportation force um as in he's literally going to have a force i don't know i think he was he might have actually went with something like the ss first uh that is just responsible for deporting large populations um see that the far right calls that job creation yeah job creation there we go um and then the other side of things tends to be people who just 
don't seem well informed about him. Like, uh, there's so many things that he said, even in his own, like, uh, you know, Kerry, Kerry, John Kerry in the 2008 election, no, 2004 election was famously sort of the flip flopper. Um, but Donald Trump's mood tends to change depending on which day of the week it is. So, you know, here's the thing. It's, um, it's one of those things Dude, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I guess that's it. Like, I, I don't really want to go a whole long time on this, but but I'm pretty disappointed because uh, as we went through this campaign, there was more and more times where I was just like, you know, like when he announced his run for presidency or whatever, it's like, well, nobody can really stop that. Like, when you just say, I want to be president, uh, you know, you kind of have to wait for voters to actually make their choices in primaries and whatnot. So as he started picking up steam, I guess that should have been the first inkling that I was getting this wrong um, because I never thought for a second we'd end up with President Donald Trump and basically everybody you know professionally predicting these things uh was right along with me except for one computer and another professor who also thinks that trump's going to be impeached in his first year so um there's that i suppose but uh as he kept going and he kept saying things that just to me are worse and worse and just more and more deplorable positions you know like the whole uh this american life i I mentioned this uh they did a good um, episode a, a couple weeks back about immigration and sort of uh, that being one of the hot button issues, this thing and, and the real premises, but it's not really that big a deal. Like there's so many other bigger problems we have as Americans right now than immigration. It falls so far below that. that Why is that becoming the issue that we want to, you know, uh, uh, die on the cross for? Um, well, and it's funny because if you look at, at the meeting between Trump and Obama, like when they met together to kind of discuss the white house transition and things like that, um, there was kind of a look about Trump's face of like, like maybe he'd seen something that was far more drastic than what he thought, you know, like quite honestly, he could have seen proof that alien life exists. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just one of those things. Here's, I, is, I don't I see that's one of the things that I'm kind of think is th- this is one of the things that I actually am optimistic about. Uh, so if you guys remember uh, Obama's run in 2008, one of the big principles he let off on was we're going to change everything, like just tear this shit down and build a new one, hope change, etc. and so on. And actually, one of the things that um, I, I, he's been most criticized for throughout his presidency is not changing enough. That's a change you can believe in. Yeah. So the thing the thing about that is, is um, we have a president, not a king. Um, right. So that that is the one small bit of this that has me a little bit hopeful, although that's severely dampened by the fact that we now have a Republican Congress and they allowed Trump to be their nominee anyway. Um, but uh, well, that actually isn't going to be a bad thing necessarily either, because he is not the prototypical typical Republican, whereas Congress and the Senate still are. Yeah, the but House and, and the Senate. The, it, it's the th- the thing for me though, like with that, you know, or where I was going with the, um, you know, Barry B- Barack going about uh, talking about hope and change and stuff and like that in two thousand eight and not really seeing as much of that through his presidency is because I think just what you said, you know, where uh, you're saying he Trump met with Trump met with Obama and it kind of looked like he was like, well, shit, you know, like what have, what have I gotten myself into? Because that was kind of the feeling I had looking at that, those pictures and reading the articles too. Is like Trump is like, well this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I think that was the same kind of way for Obama as well. Everybody, it's like first time parents, everybody who's having a kid or gets ready to have a kid is like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be this type of parent. And my kid's never going to have soda after nine o'clock or never going to have soda until they turn 45 or some shit like that. And then you have the kid and and all that shit goes out the window and you do it. Just give him Dr. Pepper. So he shuts up. Yeah. And it's like, well, it turns out no matter how good or how well prepared you think you were to be president of the United States, you weren't. And uh, you're not, and you kind of have to figure it out on the job. 
job a little. Um, so there's, I guess, that little aspect of things that has me slightly optimistic. Um, the other aspect is, like I said, he's he's a president, not a king. Um, even some of the things that he wants to pass and could get Republican support for, he's going to also have to get past the American people on. And I don't think that for some of those, he's going to be able to do that. You know, this is, this is what I was going to say earlier that I kind of lost for a minute. But um, there's two things that got him elected. Uh, number one a growing majority of the moderates became disillusioned with Hillary, even more so in the last month leading up to the election. Um, but yeah. but very, very much so starting out when um, with the uh, very widely publicized collusion between Hillary and the DNC uh, yeah. during the primaries. So it anybody who's surprised that the Democrats even didn't turn out in enough numbers to elect somebody who very obviously rigged an election, so to speak, you know, to become the sole nominee for the Democratic Party. Like, yeah, we, you, you can't really rig the, 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 the election, the election, the, the presidential election. You can't really rig that on that stage. But when it comes down to it, like the, the Republicans, the, could, though, the Republican like, could have done this. The Republican Party could have done the same thing. Even after Trump smashed everybody else in the primaries, they could have said, well, I don't fucking care. We're not we're not running with you. And, um, and here's here's the thing, though. The the two people during the primaries that were speaking about fundamental change from the ground up were Trump, Trump and, and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders very obviously didn't get the Democratic nomination because of the collusion between Hillary and the DNC. Yep. Um. So that's the one thing that Trump was was speaking about the entire time that really spoke to apparently the majority of the American people. Um, was it doesn't matter if we think he's a decent person. It doesn't matter if there's rhetoric involved. He's talking about changing things from the ground up, and that's what we want. See, so, quite honestly, I think that's that's the big thing, too. I think, honestly, for a lot of American people, this vote, and especially amongst the younger crowd, um, the older people, I think, like the more conservative side of the policies, and uh, immigration was a lot more of a higher issue. And I'm not being, like, ageist or anything. Like, you can go look at the poll numbers. Uh, but immigration was a lot bigger of an issue, um, and things like you know uh gay marriage and all that kind of shit that uh donald trump ran on and was uh, in my opinion sadly successful with um but especially for the younger crowd you know the more moderates and millennials and stuff like that that voted for trump quite honestly i think for them it was a big gigantic fucking middle finger to the quote-unquote establishment yeah. i just hope it doesn't end up also burning the building down you know like you said he's not a king yeah there's checks and balances and the Let's hope so. Here, here's the thing: we as a people need to remain firm in our belief that people are are to be treated as equals, no matter their race, religion, sexual orientation, gender status, whatever. Yeah. You know, if that's what we believed while Obama was in office, we can still believe that if Trump is in office, and as long as we as a people are able to police ourselves. Oh, I just. For then, all, then it doesn't matter who sits in the White House. There's, a, um, I think, a growing amount of concern over the ideas that, um, you know, some some of them have been uh, Trump's own direct uh, policies, uh, you know, stated policies, and some of it's more the fear, like with uh, having Mike Pence be his running mate and Mike Pence's uh, very. Um, I don't quite want to say homophobic, but it is pretty leading homophobic position on like gay marriage and things like I, that. I feel the same way. Here's the thing, though, about the vice president, and a lot of people don't get this. I'm they, sure you do, but like, yeah. you you kind of pick as your running mate the guy that you don't want muddy in the waters because as long as he's your vice president, he can't really do too much. 
Yeah, and quite honestly, so. the vice president doesn't really have a lot of power in government. What I simply mean is, like, there's a growing amount of fear, I think, among a lot of um, uh, people of color, uh, LGBTQ, you know, plus, uh, um, etc. people about what, what Trump is going to do. And to those people, I'd say, you know, I, I, I feel for you. The, the joke here, we open this episode by saying this is the white male privilege episode. Uh, and, and that is a very tongue-in-cheek joke. We don't feel that way at all. Um, here at the show, me or Matt, you know, neither of us uh, are really particularly excited about those aspects of... of and when I say particularly, I abhor it. Like, just straight up, this is one of the reasons why I thought Trump would never get elected. Because I thought that we had progressed a little bit past this as a society. Um, sadly, we're, I, we did not. But the thing is... He still did not win 50% of the nation. That means 50% of the nation is still against those things. And who, whoever controls the Congress, whoever controls the um, White House for now, the American people are not going to let things like that happen. Um, well, and, and here's, here's the thing. Um, it's, it's really easy to sit there and say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, it's not. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened. I mean, we don't know where it's leading. We have to wait and see, just like everybody else. But, uh, I mean, again, it really is about us as a nation and sticking together as a people and standing up for what we believe and everything else. Like, there's there's people right now that are using Trump getting elected as an excuse to behave badly and what needs to happen is we need to make them stop you know what i mean yeah and and, i will say like trump it's not like uh president-elect trump is listening to my podcast but if you were if you had you know you've got to have heard the sentiment you really need to make one of the first presidential acts you have rather than whining on Twitter about uh, somebody protesting, which, you know, is built into the First Amendment. You could maybe make that one of the things condemning all the hate crimes that are going on in your name right now. Yeah. You know, maybe you could use some of the that, that voice. You, you've clearly struck a chord with a lot of the American people. Maybe you could tell them to stop being dicks, you know, yeah. with some of that voice. Yeah. Anyway, we done? Well, one more thing, too. Yeah. For those of you that are protesting... By all means, it's your right as as an American. Protest. protest. Go for it. But don't damage property that isn't yours. Don't steal things that's not yours. Don't spray paint bridges or light things on fire that yeah. aren't yours. Like, we're, if you want to burn a flag, that's your American right. Make sure it's your flag first. Yeah, we're Amer- we're Americans, and we, particularly Matt and I, are Oregonians, and um, we're not far from Portland. Guys, are you born in... Like, the, those of you that are burning shit down and spray painting shit in Portland... You're probably burning shit down and spray painting shit in Portland for people who voted with you. Like, uh, Portland's one of the bluest fucking cities in in the United States. Like, what are you hoping to accomplish there? And honestly, you're damaging your perception to the overall American populace. Yep. It's it's not doing any good. Nope. Protest. Um, Like I said, by all means, protest. Get your message heard. Be out there. um, But do it in a respectful manner. Because if you break the law, Peaceful then protest. you're no better than anybody who voted for Trump or anything else that you're pissed off about. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Uh, on to some less depressing news. <laughs> uh, sorry. All right. Let's 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 get to the show. Let's have some fun. I think I think people are probably sick of this shit. I'm pretty sick of this shit, actually. Like, I really, I really want this to be over. Yeah. So, we do have one um, really sad piece of news to, to talk about real quick, and that is... Uh, Leonard Cohen died this week at the age of 82. Um, he is a musical legend, and even if you don't recognize him by name, you've heard his music somewhere. Um, 
anybody who's ever seen the movie um, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater, uh, the song everybody knows that he plays on his pirate radio station, that's that's Leonard Cohen. And mm-hmm. it's kind of an overwhelming anthem of the, of the, the movie itself. Um, just really, really kind of um, wrote music that appealed to the downtrodden yeah quite a bit um so that was sad but i mean he was 82 years old and and the dude wrote music that spoke to a lot of people so i mean do you, do you think this is like a deal with the devil like we get a president trump if he kills cohen <laughs> uh yeah, i don't know eh, i don't know no you know just talking speaking to the downtrodden a little riff off there no, anyway uh, i'm really sorry to say unfortunately i don't really know I, i'm sure you're probably correct because i do have that that uh uh, uh encyclopedic knowledge of shit that I, I, you know, sort of only half remember. Um, so I'm sure I could listen to Cohen's music and I'd probably find, you know, songs that I know yeah. and like, uh, but off the top of my head, I got nothing. So I, I feel kind of remiss in that because it seems to me like there's been an outpouring of, of, um, I don't know, well-wishing and sad feelings uh, uh, about Cohen's death. So um, I guess that's my homework for this week probably is to go check out some Cohen music. Some- 2016 has been rough. 2016 can actually eat a bag of dicks um some positives out of it though um and we didn't talk about this last week because i don't know that any of us did our homework except for me uh on this but um uh avenge sevenfold has a new record out and it's really fucking good actually yeah i didn't do that i didn't it's it's um the first track and the last track are kind of the only uh very much avenged type tracks that you're going to hear the rest of it they kind of made for them um and the whole thing is a concept album that's based on the idea of um the creation of an ai that uh Ooh. could take over at any time in fact one of the tracks on there specifically is called creating god and it's it's a lot about that um they had a lot of influences um one of the major influences on it was elon uh, musk because he he came out with a theory really recently that we're living in a, a one in a billion chance that we're not living in some kind of simulation. I mean, let's be honest. That's not exactly Elon Musk's idea. Cause I've, I've, I've been reading that theory floating around. No, but he did the math. least the last 10 years, but <laughs> he's the one that did the math to actually come up with the odds that were not a simulation. Yeah. Or at least certainly popularized that theory. I've heard that theory yeah. talked about more in the last couple of weeks than I have probably in the previous 10 years, but I'm sure, I'm sure the first time I'd heard that theory, I was probably like 19. Right. Um, and basically, if you're not familiar with the premises, is that um, if we're at a point where we're, we're getting close to creating artificial intelligence, um, it would be presumptuous of us to think that we did it first. Yeah, for sure. Basically, like his his premise is that like this is a simulation um, that somebody is running to basically kind of figure out how we got to a point where an AI can exist and things like that. So, I mean, it's out there. But the record itself is solid, and they actually pulled a, a trick out of some hip-hop artists' uh, book for this one in that they are going to be, for digital customers, um, like, it's 11 tracks right now. But, like, if you go to pick up the album in a couple months, it's going to be 13 tracks. So they're just, they've got a bunch more tracks that are mastered and ready to go that they're just going to add to it. See, as I go along, you know, now that we're in the digital age and the, you mentioned that, it's actually a little surprising to me that bands haven't done that already. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, uh, um, so Tool, for example, Tool is famously, um, uh, you've been working on an album for like, I don't know, the last 11 years or something like that. Um, really, it's just like four more tracks for Lateralis. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but uh, they're they're a band that typically uh, is very outspoken about wanting their music to be heard in a specific manner. Like they want you to sit down and they want you to listen to the album like in, in your best pair of headphones and just do nothing else. Um, and uh, they've been really actually outspoken about having uh, digital music too. But that's one of the benefits I could see you could get out of digital. Like if I were Tool... It would be an interesting concept to me to release a track, you know, say a day or two at a time. So release a track, wait till tomorrow, release another track, wait till the next day. The the thing about the stage by um, Avenged Sevenfold is it dropped, was it the Friday after Halloween or the Friday before? I don't remember. Uh, something like that. Um, but it was a complete secret. Like it, it literally, like people didn't know about it until the day it was out. And that's hard to do because they are selling physical CDs in stores. And I think... They made the announcement on the Friday because I believe um, they did get a couple leaks because, you know, a dude at Best Buy or whatever opened yeah. a box and saw it or whatnot. But um, oddly enough, Chris Jericho had a lot to do with being able to keep that secret because he um, leaked several months ago that they were going to be releasing it. And the name of it was called Voltaic Oceans, but it, it, that was an intentional leak mm-hmm. and completely wrong. But like <laughs> awesome. it took off. To the point where like Voltaic Oceans was trend was trending on on Twitter and had a, a Wikipedia page dedicated nice. to it, um, and so it, that kind of acted as a little bit of a smoke screen to get them to the point where like it wasn't announced until the day of release. See, that's another amazing thing that I think is now possible thanks to the digital age. Avenged is certainly the first band that I've heard of doing that. Actually, I, th- I think Beyonce did that, <laughs> or that's the first one I can recall where they just oh here's an album, you know, yeah. like uh, I you know. It makes it seem like, you know, I got bored on the way to breakfast this morning, so I recorded an album. Here you go. Um, uh, but yeah, that's another thing that I think is a little bit interesting about the digital age, especially when there's no physical product, which increasingly I think more and more bands are not releasing a physical product in retail. Um, yeah, no, I get it. Like, it, it, and if they were digital only, it, they could have done it secretly. Yeah, easily. completely. Yeah. So that that to me is just amazing too. But, you know, and even even keeping those level of secrets, like Avenged is another band that has one of those huge followings. But like every time like Tom York uh, sneezes and it sounds r- remotely melodic, people are like, new radio albums coming out soon. Yeah, even though that guy's kind of a douche. But yeah, Tom, Tom, yeah. He's a. He, so I, I've never met the guy personally. And I dig Radiohead for the most part. But I really like, like Radiohead. The. Um, <laughs> the one story I have to go by is is a story that I heard from Chris Hardwick talking about his his one and only meeting with Tom York and uh, apparently this was back oh god it had to have been when Creep was popular because it was when uh, when Hardwick was working for K Rock wow that's a long time ago and uh, and he uh, was supposed to interview him but the guy that was supposed to interview him before was late and didn't show up and so the when Hardwick went out there he's like um, hey I'm Chris Hardwick I'm from K Rock I'm a really big fan. And like Tom York looks at him and he's like, "This interview is over," and just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I I have no anecdotes to counter any any Tom Tom York douchery, other than that he strikes me as one of those people that is not like as as talented an artist as he is. He seems to maybe be lacking a little bit in social grace or social nicety. Yeah, uh, like, um. You know, like not intentionally, just like one of those people who's not just intrinsically good at social settings, which, no. you know, quite honestly, depending on the on the crowd, I, I'm not usually either. So I could see a lot of those things being attributed to being, you know, a douchebag when in actuality, it's just like, what are they even mad about? I didn't even realize that. I don't know, whatever. Dude, speaking of Radiohead, have you heard the acoustic version of uh, Fake Plastic Trees? Yes. Ridiculous. So good. Freaking golden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that's one of my favorite Radiohead songs in the first place. So like when I heard the the acoustic version, I was like, 
man. And that's why it's kind of hard for me to get into newer Radiohead because it's so much not that. that it, I mean, it, it, not that it's not good, but I mean, it's just when you have a track that's, I mean, because that's already a departure from Creep. Oh, yeah. And And so then you're like, okay, I like this because of this and I like this because of this. And then you're just like, but this is so much different too. Like, quite honestly, like each new Radiohead album for me is sort of like adopting a child, and, and like a child that's not mine. You, as you in, have to get to know it first. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of get to know it and, and understand its quirks a little bit and understand what's great about it, and, and you know, learn to love the things that are great about it. Which, you know, quite honestly, I'm, I'm a pretty big Radiohead fan, so for me, most of it, like it's like ninety five percent great for me most of the time. Uh, although I do feel that sometimes, not quite nostalgia, but like. Um, you know, the sound on, like, OK Computer compared to um, even uh, Amnesiac or something like that is yeah. significantly different. It, it definitely um, has a little bit of the uh, new underwear, stiff elastic feel to it when you first listen to a new Radiohead record. There is a little bit of that, although I got to say the last, the, the one that just came out, um, fuck me, I can't remember the name of it. But the album that they just came out with, uh, it just grabbed me b- right away. Like yeah. I, I immediately liked it. So and I don't think I've listened to that one yet either. But uh, it's it's pretty good. If nothing else, uh, "Burn the Witch" is I think the single that they came out with. It's on YouTube, of course. Everything's on YouTube, but um, super good. So yeah. All right, let's talk some Marvel news. One other piece of music news, real quick. That's not in the show notes. Sure. I mean, and I'm just not? gonna throw <laughs> monkey wrenches in your plate all night. Um, Metallica has a new record dropping, probably within close proximity to when you hear this episode it's coming out november 18th really um it is available um speaking of that um also also available on apple music is is the new uh avenge sevenfold record we were talking about yeah but uh right now if you go to apple music and check out the new metallica record you're gonna get the first three tracks and then the rest of them will be uh downloaded once the uh also kind of a neat idea i think yeah i dig it weezer did the same thing with the white album Oh yeah! If you bought it on iTunes, or if you if or if you added it through Apple Music, you got the first few tracks, and then once the rest of the album is released, that's kind of cool because I actually do hate a little bit pre-ordering, and you know, then you just sit on your thumbs for the next yeah. you know three months or something. So I actually have heard the first three tracks that are well, not the first three, but the three tracks that are available uh-huh. uh, from the new Metallica record. If you like Death Magnetic, which I really did, because I thought it was heads and tails better than anything they'd done in years Same prior. Here. Yeah, um, and even better than Load and Reload. Yeah, oh, okay, that's that's saying something to me. Well, Death Magnetic really rang back a lot. Like, if you listen to it, you can definitely hear um, the influence from, like, Master of Puppets and stuff. Okay. Because they wrote and recorded that shortly after they, they did a tour where they were only touring Master of Puppets. Yeah, so they were, I think, probably in that mode of... Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. And, and so this this record has a lot of that as well, um, and I I like it so far. I'm I'm anxious for the like, like i said i already added it on apple music so i'm just waiting for it to drop on the 18th so i can actually check the whole thing out well that's interesting um mostly because metallica making good music again is nice yeah 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 so anyway so marvel that's music news yeah we can talk yeah. about marvel now if you want yeah okay so i don't know let's talk about marvel because we only have about 35 things to go over um and we got a whole bunch of spider-man news actually this Spider-Man week which is stuff. fun uh so we got the first piece of news and that is that we're getting close to 2017 dude yeah i, I kind of that's that's cool let, let's let's be done with 2016 um spider-man homecoming has a composer and i'm not sure that i recall who this is uh so i'm just gonna you know keep rambling while i look it up Gacino. really fast get chino yeah i don't think i know anything about this guy i don't nope <laughs> okay on to the next piece uh tom holland 
is going to be Spider-Man for at least six movies. So we've already got one. We do have at least one. Civil War. Um, so the way that it made it sound to me, um, he used some kind of interesting terms, Like, uh, but the way that it made it sound is he's going to have at least three standalone movies, as in three Spider-Man proper movies. Which and, would be right about the time that they fuck it up and... Yeah, and so, I mean, well, I don't know because it's Marvel. It's Marvel. We've we've now got a lot bit bigger. Uh, Marvel's got their fingers in the pot, so hopefully, uh, it's. I, that, I think Sony only has their fingers in the distribution pot these days. So yeah, and, and if that's the way things are, then good, good for them. Good. Yeah. So anyways, uh, he's going to be at least three proper movies, and uh, there's probably going to be at least three other appearances. So we've well, definitely got one out of the way right now, which yeah, is we've Civil got War. Civil War out of the way, so we've got three standalone Spider-Man movies, and then he'll appear in I would I would guess Infinity War and one other movie yeah he's got to be at least in infinity war or i'd, ex- I'd expect we'll see something of, of spider-man in infinity war so yeah. but um that's kind of interesting to me and i don't know how this works i don't know if this is like you got a contract we're definitely making three movies now or if this is like uh if we say we're gonna make three movies we're gonna make three movies the and way marvel works is when they say you're gonna be in this many movies that's how many movies you're going to be in. Yeah, and so far that's worked out for him pretty well. I think uh, one of the first guys that I heard of having that uh, a pretty big contract was Sebastian Stan, um, the Winter Soldier, for um, those of you not familiar. Sam Jackson actually had... Sam Jackson had a pretty... A huge one. Uh, decent, especially number of movies, because yeah. for uh, Phase 1 and most of Phase 2, Sam Jackson was in like basically every Marvel movie yeah, that came pay-wise out. pay-wise wasn't nearly what Downey was making, but uh, movie appearances he had he had the most it probably yeah. still has the most at this point but anyway it, it sort of screams to me that they have a little bit of faith in what they're doing with that the Tom Holland Spider-Man if they're planning already three three a trilogy of movies essentially Okay, in our next piece of Spider-Man news, uh, Michael Keaton has been confirmed as the vulture in Spider-Man. And this piece I'm pretty excited about. We we had previously confirmed that he was definitely in it. Yeah. I think now we're just confirming who he actually is. Yeah, we were even, I think, pretty sure that it was going to be Vulture before, but uh, now I mean, look at the dude. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a thing that's happening now. Michael Keaton is Vulture. Birdman to Vulture in the span of three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, I guess, just a bird person. Bats are kind of like birds, too, so it counts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they fly. Um, so anyway, that's cool because I that. like Michael Keaton and, uh, I was a little sad when, after he did the Batman thing and a couple of other small movies, he kind of disappeared for a little while and then he came back and was like, Hey Birdman, I'm going to go ahead and win an Oscar now. As long as he and doesn't then... make a Butler scratch on a CD, then <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then finally, uh, on our, well, nope, not finally. We got two more pieces. We got a few. Yeah. Tom Holland, uh, shares a similar opinion as uh, John Bernthal. Which he is wrong. That, yeah, it's wrong. Um, he thinks that Spider-Man would beat Batman in a fight. Um, uh, and th- this, you know, sorry, Tom, you're wrong too. Uh, but uh, for lots of reasons, but mostly, again, plot force, if nothing else. Like, uh, any, every, anybody writing Batman um, is going to write him to win or at least come out in, in some sort of stalemate. So uh, I definitely don't think Batman... Uh, you know, even even when you just think about it, again, Batman with prep time is always the argument, but Batman with prep time beats Spider-Man every single time. Basically, I can use the same example that I used on the Barenthal one, which is um, he's going to rope-a-dope you with Clayface, and then he's going to trank you from afar, and you're going to wake up in a what looks like a back-to-tank in the Batcave while he's figuring out why you have spider powers. Pretty much, yeah. That's, that's like, what's going to happen. There's going to be some shit in his utility belt, like that that specifically targets the arachnid gene or something like that, and takes you down. Yeah, uh, like it's just 
Batman wins always. Like, there's no, there doesn't have to be any logic even. It's just that's the way it is. Um, although the the article itself was pretty fun too because Tom Tom Holland. It, it one of the things that I was kind of happy to see is he's like, you know, and this isn't even my opinion because I'm Spider Man, but you know, I am Spider Man, so that's how it's got to go. Uh, but it was like he was saying, you know, that's been my opinion, you know, that, since me and my friend were kids, and so I kind of like that, like the, you know. I'm happier when I see see somebody who actually cares about the character ending up in the role. Um, I, I don't know why. It doesn't really make any difference because their performance uh, is really what matters. But I'm a little bit more excited when I know that the guy who actually did a pretty good job, at least in Civil War, is also pretty stoked about being the character. Right. Yeah. All right. Now we're on our last piece of Spider-Man news. And Which that- is around Zendaya. Yeah. So uh, Zendaya comments on the negative Mary Jane reactions. Um, so here's the thing. This is what's funny, and I hadn't realized this before. Um, we don't actually know that she's Mary Jane Watson. That actually hasn't been confirmed at all. Like her character name and all the uh, pressers and script materials is actually Michelle. So this is basically her just kind of laughing at the people that are mad that she's Mary Jane because she's like, they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's definitely Mary Jane, though. <laughs> I mean, it'd be really funny. I guess they could. There's no reason they have to go with Mary Jane. It would be a little bit of a weird sort of ki- twist in the canon if they went with somebody completely different. But um, no, she's gonna be Mary Jane. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it if she is. I just think it's funny that you yeah. know everybody's like no, and they're like, well, maybe she's not. This seems a little uh, typically Hollywood PR. Like, no, like there's been a couple of occasions when uh, somebody you know directly guesses the outcome of you know whatever mystery show or movie or whatever, and uh, they they're always like, no, that's not it. That no, definitely not. Yeah. And then like ten seconds later, it's like, oh yeah, that was totally it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Um. So we have some Deadpool news, and this actually doesn't have anything to do with a director or composer or anything like that leaving. Nobody else wants to break up with Ryan Reynolds right now. Um, This is actually talking about Fox. I think what it's saying is that instead of doing X-Force as a standalone movie, they are now doing X-Force as Deadpool 3. I think that's correct as well. Yeah, Um, which is interesting because they actually had X-Force planned before they greenlit Deadpool 2. Um, so they're really banking on Deadpool, uh, to being successful as well, which I have no reason to believe it won't be. I mean, even with, even with Tim Miller leaving and, and the composer leaving, um, I mean, come on, you're still, you you got Rhett Reese and God damn it. I can't ever remember the other writer's name and I feel like <laughs> shit because he's obviously an important member of the team. This is going to be like, all right, thank you. Uh, sorry, Matt Damon, but we didn't have the time. Like, yeah, there's Rhett Reese and some other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's. Those guys plus Ryan Reynolds still and one and and they're trying to make the same type of movie they did with the first one and I I gotta tell you ooh I gotta tell you <laughs> oh yeah ooh ah uh. ooh ah uh. <laughs> anyway yeah that aside <laughs> I watched uh, Deadpool again the other day and I hadn't actually watched it in a couple months still holds up <laughs> it really does it's, I really like the movie it's so good. Yeah, um, I think that's interesting, though. Um, it, and th- this doesn't surprise me that instead of going with the standalone X-Force, they're going to sort of roll that into Deadpool 3. Because I think at the time when they were probably planning the standalone X-Force, they were like, well, that's got to that's be a bigger hit than you know anything else we got on the roadmap. And they're trying to tie some things together. But it, as it turns out, Deadpool's pretty much blown away just about everything they've ever done. Well, and I don't know that at the time when they were planning X-Force, if they knew that Hugh Jackman was done 
Yeah. At, after Wolverine Also entirely 3. possible. And he's kind of kind of a key player in X-Force for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with the absence of Hugh Jackman, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to have Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool be the central character of that. Plus, we can see him in the black and gray costume, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, I'm excited for all that. the... Th- there's going to be... There's got to be some tongue-in-cheek, fourth-wall breaking with uh, the Wolverine thing in yeah. Deadpool 2. Yeah. If they don't do that, they missed an opportunity, I'm just saying. I'm really sad that they're not going to be in a movie together. It, it is. I mean, they were, if you watch X-Men Crush Origins, they were in a movie together, but not like the real that doesn't Deadpool. Count. That doesn't count. You know what I mean? No. no. Not the real Deadpool. No, definitely. That fucked up thing that they did at the end of Deadpool. Yeah, that was there, but... You know. I really think, I really think, though, that uh, if anything is going to get Hugh Jackman to reprise the character, it's going to be in a cameo for Deadpool. Like that—that that is totally a thing. Like Hugh Jackman is also one of those people that—that's just an awesome dude. Like, I—I yeah. uh, I really think you could get him to do that under the right conditions. Maybe, but I also kind of think that he's also the kind of dude that was like, you know, I said I was done, and I'm—I'm I'm probably done. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, maybe. But I'm just saying, like Johnny Depp dresses up as Jack Sparrow and goes and visits kids in hospitals. Like I could see, I could see Hugh Jackman doing stuff but like has that. Johnny Depp not been Jack Sparrow since. No, that's okay. I mean, look at it's, look at Tonto in the Lone Ranger. It's still Jack Sparrow. Technically not the same. I understand that, but I'm just saying, Hugh Jackman, good guy. Hugh, all the kids I mean, with the cancer want to see you. And I've seen two movies with Johnny Depp where he hasn't been Jack Sparrowish. When he was the the Char- Charlie from the no, uh, no Willy Wonka. No, I said since Pirates. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, maybe. No, it's still kind of the yeah. No, he was Gila Point in both Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Uh, okay, fair. So that, those movies that I haven't seen yet that you keep telling me I need to see. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to make that a segment on the show. We should. All right, and the last piece, uh, I, which I guess I'm going to introduce and you can tell me about because I don't know anything about it, Fox is planning to reboot the X-Men, yeah. mostly, kind of, except the stuff that they like, uh, they're going to keep on that. So I didn't post the link where I found this because this link was actually a video clip of Nerdist News with Jessica Chobot, and even though she's gorgeous and uh, fun to listen to, um, we don't work for the Nerdist, and it might be a faux pas to just post their shit. No, they they'd actually probably wouldn't mind the tra- traffic as long as we didn't claim ownership over it or anything yeah. like that. But anyway, uh, you know the, the the dozens, literally dozens of fans that they're going to get from the whatever show. Um, so the executive producer, um, who is kind of overseeing all the X Men stuff, whose name I don't remember as well, um, yeah. not Brian Singer, not, not Brian Singer. Singer. Okay, um, fair. Is basically saying we're just going to reboot the whole franchise now. But then he's like, except for there's some stuff that was good, so that's going to be in canon still. <laughs> I think what they mean is, well, like we're still keeping Pac- Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen as uh, Magneto and, and no. Professor X until they both die. No, actually, it's um, it's the other ones that they're keeping. They're they're keeping oh, the McAvoy, McAvoy, and, and what's his face, um, uh, uh, Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're keeping those guys. So it seems to me like they just want to do a proper like um, X Men in their prime sort of movie then. But it'll be like yeah, it'll be a reboot I think. Um, no, no X Men Origins, no or not Origins First Class where you know they're sort of dancing around the you know like the heyday. Like everybody, I think that especially kids of my age here's here's the are thing. looking for the X Men cartoon from the nineties. Like make that happen. Here's what I want though: if you're gonna do that, then you do the X Men the right way. And you start out with your core team, and it's Cyclops, it's Angel, it's Beast, um, and Jean Grey, and Iceman. Like, those are your X-Men. Mm-hmm. And that Magneto is taking over a fucking missile base in Florida or something like that. Like, just do X-Men number one as a movie in 
a more modern time. Fair. Yeah, that could work. All right. Uh, DC News. We got some DC News. Um, a for, couple pieces. Yeah. Um, after the Marvel gamut we just ran, we we have two pieces of news from the DC Universe. Number one is that Young Justice, um, that's an animated cartoon show, uh, very much reminiscent of the Timverse, although I don't think it's a Timverse production. It is not. Uh it, it uh, has been renewed for a season three after, and this is one of those really kind of cool things. This is one cool of those things that made the internet collectively jizz itself, because yeah. there have been petitions online circulating for the last year and a half, I think, about getting a third season of the show made. Yeah. I haven't even watched the first two. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have watched part of the first one. I haven't. It's not a thing. First off, it, it's definitely a four kids show. Um, and it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not stupid. Uh, but it's not, you know, like, uh, uh, necessarily a show that I watch because I have to sort of thing. It's like I watch it and it's interesting and, and you know, keeps me entertained for a little bit. But it's a, it's a little bit more juvenile than, you know, my typical TV watching. Uh, although not by much. Let's face it. Most of my TV watching is a bunch of superhero shows at this point. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, this is one of those things that... Uh, it again shows the power of fans in the modern age um, because this wasn't originally going to get made. Uh, I think Netflix picked up uh, Young Justice season, Young Justice seasons one and two, and they um, uh, the the uh, reaction was strong enough that they decided to go ahead and make another one. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, fans of nerdy shit keep being fans of nerdy shit because it turns out that can make something happen these days. Indeed. Legends of Tomorrow, um, the show we talk about every week um, or every other week, depending on which one of us has or hasn't watched it. It, it was it was me this week. Yeah. I didn't watch it this week either. <laughs> All right, not the only one. Yeah, um, but we did get uh, word that they have ordered four additional episodes. So instead of it being a thirteen episode uh, season this year, it will be seventeen episodes. Here's the thing, though, this could be both good and bad. It could be because we're getting more episodes, which is a good thing. Uh, bad thing is his ratings on this show have not been as good this season and I'm half wondering if the additional episodes aren't to wrap up a cliffhanger that they might have ended the season on otherwise and they're just gonna Ooh, not renew for a third ugly. season um, I'm hoping that's not the case but anytime something like this happens you kind of have to wonder are they really doing this because this is what we want as an audience or are they doing this because they just want to I mean you never want to have that show that just never comes back Uh uh, Stargate SGU did that. Yeah. Um, we still don't know if they ever made it across the expanse between galaxies. I'm actually not bothered by not knowing that. That's because you didn't watch the show, you fucker. <laughs> Which, you know, speaks like as heavy of a Stargate fan as I was, like that show just did not. Dude, it me. got so good in the season, in the second season though. Like yeah. it, it was really good. I just, I couldn't make it out of season one. I tried. I tried. I think I made it to like episode 15 or 16. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. All right, so anyway, um, hopefully this is good news because I really don't think that they should wrap up the show yet, but uh, let's face it, I'm a sucker for this kind of thing. So um, of the people who are watching it, declining ratings or not, it's still kind of me, but you know, as we just joked, uh, neither one of us watched it this week. Lame. Yeah. Well, I was busy this week. It, it, it was just one of those situations where like, my week was super busy, my wife's week was super busy, and mm-hmm. it was just really hard to actually make the time for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did watch Flash, or no, I didn't watch Flash because we didn't have a new one, but I watched Arrow. Yeah, I, I did watch Arrow too. Um, yeah, we'll come back to that because yeah. we we forgot to put it in the show notes, but we're going to talk. I think we'll about Supergirl about, and, yeah, we'll and Arrow. Yeah, um, let's go get refills. All right, so we're back. We got um, some miscellaneous news. Matt, tell me about the first one because I don't know what the hell's going on here. So Ron Perlman announced uh, just days after the election um, that uh, as of 2020, he will throw his name in the hat for president of the United States. 
but he doesn't have any experience in politics. I, you know what? Oh, wait, we don't care about that anymore. <laughs> That's fine. And it's he's been president before. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, pretty as long, as he, has, club as, long as he has like Charlie Hunnam as his VP, I think I think we're okay. I think we're in good hands, we'll right? Balance them out. Yeah. yeah. Either that or we're going to end up running drugs to the Mayans. Gemma, Gemma Teller is first lady. <laughs> yeah. That's no, the first lady I can get behind. Uh, yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. Ooh, ah. Uh. Uh, um... <laughs> I also immediately pictured Hellboy too, sitting in the Oval Office. Yeah, somebody else, uh, somebody else commented on that thing that like his first executive order should be Hellboy three. <laughs> yeah, do it, yeah. do it. Yeah, we're Make okay with that. Uh, Clay Morrow, I have you have my vote. Yeah. You know, Ron, Ron Perlman really, but uh, yeah, you got it. Why not? I mean, it wouldn't be any more ridiculous after this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pokemon Go kind of went, uh, but maybe coming back again with second generation Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, assuming this is because uh, I'm not familiar with the Pokemon lore so well. So every I, Pokemon game essentially that comes out is is kind of uh, I don't want to say sequel, but you're basically in a different region. And so like your first Pokemon were like a one through 151 were all like the the first gen, and then like gotcha. the next game, um, which I believe were gold and silver when they came out. So it's basically it just added like, about a hundred new. Here's Pokemon. a bunch of new fucking Pokemon. Yeah, okay, got it. Um, so apparently, the metadata is already in the game for uh-huh. the for the new generation, and that's new as of a couple of weeks ago. So it's it we know it's close. Um, here's the thing, and I know you don't play it ever, but no, um, I really haven't touched it since like a two months ago. Probably starting a few weeks before Halloween, actually, probably maybe a month before Halloween, they did like a, this overall Halloween event where certain Pokemon were more. Um, common to catch like the ghastlies and the meows and things like that like if you if you did that well that's a good idea for halloween i think and every pokemon that you caught actually gave you double the the candy for that so you got six candies instead of three when you caught one and when you sold it to, to professor willow you got two instead of one also a solid idea yeah but here's the thing there was relatively little information about why that was happening so i just picked it up and i'm like oh they must have changed this to make it a little bit more user-friendly because the buddy system was different too. Like, um, uh, I think right now I've got my, uh, what the second evolution of the squirtle war turtle. Okay. I've got him as my buddy and he takes three kilometers to pick up a candy. So you got to walk for three kilometers before he finds uh, another candy and whatnot. Um, during that event, it was only 0.75. So nice. Um, but it took a little while before I realized that that was actually like a thing. Yeah. Um, and so now that event is over, but they have instituted a new policy where there's a daily catch bonus um, and a daily bonus for hitting Pokestops and whatnot. And the Pokestops actually, in general, give you a lot more stuff now than they used to. Um, like, it's not uncommon for my first stop of the day to give me like 12 to 13 items cool. at a time. I think they're probably trying to combat... Um... Because you know they're they're definitely going to have some hardcore players like all you know any anything with a following is going to have have some hardcore players. Uh, I guess they're trying to combat that a little bit because um, if you're not a hardcore player, you quickly find that you're out of stuff, and if you decide you're not going to spend money on the game, then you just stop playing it because right. there's nothing else to do. So plus, uh, coming into the winter months, like it's less likely that people will be out and about walking around for at sure. least as much um, or for as 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 long of a time. 
Yeah, they actually that that's a good point too. That like they this is very much a seasonal game. They may want to consider like you know region by region, um, implementing different sort of uh, seasonal policies. You yeah. know, like it would make a lot more sense if you rewarded players for less walking in in the off season, so to speak. Right. And here's the thing, this is this is where the second gen Pokemon thing comes in because we know that the data is there. Yeah. But we don't know when it's releasing, and so some people are speculating that they might release it now to get people to go out and play it more because of its, you know, otherwise you're not going to have many people out playing it at all in the winter months. Yeah. Um, Other people are saying that it would be smart for them to hold off until spring so that when people are out and about more, it gives them more incentive. So I really don't know. We Uh, don't know at this point when it's coming out. If the data is there, it's gotta be, it's gotta be in a, in a, an upcoming update, I would assume. Well, I think the thing here is, um, I don't know if this is true, but the last time we talked about it, their their player base had dwindled significantly, and I suspect it's probably still dropping. The Halloween event actually brought that back up. It, okay. it did bring people back quite a bit. But uh, I just don't think that they can go too long without having something new to grab yet, or that's, they're that's gonna my lose, thought they're too. Gonna, the, the player base is going to drop off. So I think they could wait until spring and hope that people come back for it then. But I think by then a lot of people have just given up. Like there's there's not a lot of chance that I'm going to go back to playing playing it. So there's been um, seven generations of Pokemon games. So when you think about it, they got enough material. Releasing to the second from. gen ones right now is fine as long as you've got the third gen Pokemon ready by late spring or early summer. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. That, too, is a fair point. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, Mr. Robot Star Rami Malek is just a poor boy from a poor family. So here's the deal. I was really pissed off when they when the deal finally fell through with Sasha Baron Cohen to be Freddie Mercury. As was I. This is probably the next best thing, though. You know, I know nothing about this. All I know is that Sasha Baron Cohen was like a sort of like, you know, if you're playing fantasy football, like there's certain guys you'd probably have on, on your like dream picks. Like even if you can't get them, uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as uh, Cohen rather as uh, um, Freddie Mercury just the perfect fucking choice and as it turns out he can actually sing too i mean he's not freddie mercury but who is uh but he can actually sing well enough that i think he'd, he could play the part just poor boy from a poor family yeah at least he could do that part um Scott Amush. anyway uh Rami malik is going to be the uh, uh freddie mercury in the new biopic uh instead and I don't know how I feel about that because on the one hand Rami malik has proven himself to be a very talented actor um but on the other hand you know, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know if he has any sort of vocal chops. I guess it's not particularly necessary for the movie um, because they're going to probably dub in whatever for whatever. But uh, I just don't know how well he fits. That's um, that's I, he's got the look for sure. A little bit. I but, mean, but again, I, I, I think I part think of this is it. that I'm colored by having uh, Sasha Sasha be up for the role because he he really would have been a brilliant choice. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't disagree with that at all, and I think he kind of actually looks like Freddie Mercury. Um, more than more than uh, Rami Malek does. He, Malek's a good actor, though, and he's got that going for him. He definitely is. Here's the thing, though. That's the, what you pointed out about him not having necessarily a known uh, vocal range for singing, things like that. I mean, we don't know. He, maybe he sings. That would be funny, actually, if he just came out and he was like, yeah, no, we didn't dub any of that. Um, that. That's not really an issue. It's always because... refreshing when you get a movie that's done like that, when you find out that the that the leads actually did the singing. Like, um, They made a big deal when uh, Joaquin Phoenix did the Johnny Cash uh, songs for that. And oddly enough, Reese Witherspoon got very little credit, but she did all of her own vocals as well for that and did really well. Yeah. Um, so 
I like those kind of things. Um, Gary Busey for the Doors movie. Was it Doors? No, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Sorry. Doors. (laughs) I was going to say, what the hell? Okay, sure. That was actually Val Kilmer, and he did his own vocals too. So, like, those those type of movies when you can actually get a guy out there that can sing and stuff like that and and do those things is is good. I was... um, Did you know Anna Faris has a podcast? No. I know she's married to Star-Lord, and that's about it. So her podcast is called Unqualified. That's not an unfair name. Really? Yeah, it's not very good. Oh. See, I I started listening to it because she's got a lot of really good guests. Like, Ellen Page was on there, and I was like, oh, I, I dig that chick. Um, Melissa Benoist was on there. Okay. And I really hope I'm not butchering her name, because... No, it is actually... Uh, that was the one... Not the one. There was a lot of good things. Uh, I meant to post this. I think I posted it on the show Twitter page, uh, at whatever show. Uh but uh, there was a really quick uh, – there was an EW um, Entertainment Weekly shoot that they they did, um, they being uh, Melissa Benoist, uh, Stephen Amell, and Grant Gustin. Yeah, yeah. And the other guys were there too, I think from uh, Legends as well, um, at least Brandon Routh and um, – Katie Lots. Katie Lots, thank you. Um, they were there, and one of the good things that came out of that is they came out and said right away, "Hi, I'm Melissa Benoist," and I was like, "Yes, we've been getting that mostly right." We didn't fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's Anna Ferris being really breathy when she talks, and and essentially what it is is she has a guest, and then like part way through the show, they they call somebody who's emailed the show or whatever mm-hmm. and dispense love advice. Yeah. That sounds, well, actually it's named well then unqualified probably fits. Yeah. Um, but it really, it's God damn it. It's really hard to get into because it really, it really is just on a Ferris, just talking really breathy and, and she's funny, but like a lot of what happens seems like inside jokes. Yeah. And tell me, tell me when did we meet again? You know, like, talking to talking to people like that and i'm just like okay come on but one of the cool things that came out of it though is i was listening to the melissa benoist episode and and she full-on like breaks out into song singing the never-ending story i like, think melissa benoist was uh also one of those glee, glee kids yeah her and grant gustin were both glee kids um which is why i'm really looking forward to the musical i know <laughs> I, I you know it's funny because i was like oh glee that's totally stupid blah 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 but now i'm like they're superheroes and they're gonna sing. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it uh, um, presumptuous of us to post a picture of Kevin Smith's uh, t shirt that he gave to everybody as a rap gift for Supergirl? Because oh. we should probably put that up there. I don't think so. Well, let's put that up there. Yeah, I think we should. Kev, Kev, Kev. Will, you know, he'll he'll explain it when we meet up next weekend or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin's like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Um. Anyway. Uh, so Rami Malek. Rami, Ma- speaking, Rami of, Malek. speaking of actors that can sing. Yeah. Most of uh, always can sing. That may, was that may, was the whole point of that story. May, and maybe also Rami maybe Malek don't listen sing. to Anna Ferris's podcast. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go off on a little tangent there because this is sort of an interesting thing too. Um. Maybe like the way that in say 2004 blogs exploded. Like all of a sudden everybody had a blog. Like your dog had a blog. Uh. That's a show on Nickel or on Disney Channel. Oops. A dog with a blog. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. No, it literally is. My kids watch it, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Anyway, um, but I, I didn't was I wasn't doing that on purpose. Uh, anyway, blogging got really big, really fast, and then all of a sudden, everybody had a blog, and even major news outlets were all of a sudden quote unquote blogging, and that became a big thing, and it was suddenly super easy to do that. Uh, well, I think we're kind of doing that with podcasting. 
so I think that, uh, you know what? And the other thing that I find really interesting too is a lot of people's favorite podcasts are terrible, or at least I find them terrible. Um, Here's the thing. I, I Again, last week I made a big point to talk about how I just because I think something is not good doesn't mean everybody else should think something is not good. And so I will say from my perspective that so far the two episodes that I've listened to of, of her podcast are not my cup of tea. Um, and this coming from a guy who doesn't make money doing this and doesn't have yeah. any connections with anybody cool. Although we talked about Marv where we talked to Marv and that was cool. <laughs> that one time. <laughs> we, we, the one time we did an interview, it was with somebody that was really fucking spectacular. Yeah. Um, but uh, it kind of, it's one of those like, it almost feels like don't meet your heroes kind of a thing because Anna Ferris is one of those actors that like, I, I think she's adorable and like I, if she's you, funny too. She's in scary movie. Like she's in all those movies. And um she's the cute blonde waitress in Waiting, which is one of my all time favorite movies because I feel like anybody that's ever worked customer service owes it you, to you themselves. You need to watch that movie, yeah. Yeah, you have to watch that and you have to watch Clerks. Like those are the two movies that you need to watch to understand what your job really is. Yeah. Like <laughs> so um I just I and it's fine for what it is, but I mean, number one she's got this dude who produces the show. His name is Sim and he pipes in and stuff like that. Um, and then there's another one who does the editing and stuff. And she just kind of talks sometimes and you don't even know she's there until like, and they're like, Oh yeah. And this is Kiwi. She edits the show, you know? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Just, just throw her in there. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're not professional by any means, but like we try and let people know at the beginning of the show, who all is going to be talking during the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. This for me is like, uh, again, podcasting is sort of an interesting place because you can find some very odd things like on one end of the professionalism scale, you have podcasts like This American Life and uh, basically everything produced by Gimlet Media, which is, of course, startup, surprisingly awesome, uh, Science Versus, etc. Uh, sorry if I forgot one of your shows that I really love and probably listen to. Um, and on the other end, you have, um, I guess, shows that are like ours, kind of where yeah, we practically just bullshit for two hours. Like, um, and you know, we try to make it interesting. We hope you have fun, but, uh, when it comes down to it, like it's sort of off the cuff and, and that's, you know, we don't prepare really super well for it or anything I kinda like that. I feel like we've really evolved though. How do we have? I think, I hope we gotten better. Like um, the amount of show notes we had this week was ridiculous because I think you got tired of me showing you up, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, podcasting in general is just something that's sort of interesting to me as a thing lately because, um, <clears throat> It is sort of like, you know, the blogging explosion was, you know, in the, in the previous decade um, in that lot, all of a sudden podcasting is a thing that's accessible to basically most Americans. And yeah, like I don't want to give away specific... any trade secrets, but like anybody can do this. And it's it's kind of like the undiscovered country still because um, it is a little it's not regulated yet. Like the FCC hasn't stepped in and, and laid down uh, guidelines that we have to follow and um, we can say fuck as many times as we want to, and as long as we put an e next to it when we put it on iTunes, they don't care, you know. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm sort of interesting and in, interested in podcasting as a platform, and it just it, that's I don't know why the, I mean, this has become such a tangent. But when you talked about Anna Ferris, Anna Ferris's podcast, like one of the things that I was talking about was uh, a, a podcaster that I like that um, was talking about one of his favorite podcasts, and also said like 
dude, you either love the show or you hate it because you're going to listen to, you know, the first episode or first two or three and you really don't get any payoff until like episode 55 or something like that, which um, was kind of funny to me because, you know, there's a lot of shows like that and and even our show is probably a little bit like that. Like, you know, as much as I was like, you know, don't go, don't, you know, just get through season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you'll probably really like it. And that's kind of how I feel like get through the first, I don't know, 10 episodes of our show and you'll probably like it, you know. I always tell people in this probably bad but like when i tell people that i do a podcast and whatnot and they're like oh what's it called and like there's always like that brief moment of hesitation before i tell them what it's called <laughs> same and then i'm like don't listen to like the first 10 episodes yeah like, <laughs> just just listen to the newest one and, yeah. then, and then go from there imposter syndrome is a real thing yeah for sure like i do the same thing like i only do a podcast but it's like when i when i when i'm telling people about it you probably it, won't like it <laughs> i'm always thinking it's going to be like like a 5 year old handing the 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 picture to their parents of like the the you know color you know crayon drawing they did that you want to go put on the fridge and you're going to pat the little kid on the head and say oh my gosh you did such a good job and you're his parents so you're probably going to really like it except for you're not our parents you yeah. just actually have to listen to this shit yeah i was i was talking to a girl at work a couple of weeks ago and like i i happened to mention the podcast and she's like oh uh, what's it called? And I was like, well, first of all, are you offended by bad language and nerdy talk? Yeah. And You're she like, was like, well, no. And so I was like, okay, here's the name of it. And then like literally like the next sentence out of her mouth is like, so next week I'm taking my church's youth group out to this place. And I was like, like, just never mind. Forget don't, it. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, no, do not go in there. Yeah. Um, I meant the name of my show was Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, yeah. that's probably worse. Our last piece of news this week. Uh, Before we talk about TV. Yeah, or get derailed on another completely different tangent. Which um, is possible, because there's kids running around doing weird fucking shit in my house right now. Yeah. Uh, Matt's daughter's having a birthday party upstairs right now, and uh, there's like, I don't know, like, it. I think it's probably about 500, 19. Yeah. 500 kids, I think. 500 kids. 500 young girls, you know, ages 9 to 14 or something like that. And... Uh, I don't know if you've ever been trapped in a room full of them, but I kind of feel like when the Raptors, you know, first appear in Jurassic Park, like every time one of them starts poking their head down those stairs, like I do, I do clench up a little. Well, and there's always one that smells like onions. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? And, so. any... <laughs> and, and, and granted, in even good time, it's mine. For, but... for, for, you know, for end group of kids, there's got to be some sort of logarithmic scale where like you can predict the number of kids that smell like onions when... <laughs> It's it's kind of like when you're watching an old like Peanuts cartoon or something like that, and then you see like the dust cloud show up right before Pigpen gets there, and you're like, oh, that now we're complete. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, they're all good kids though. It's fine. Yeah, they're good kids. I don't I don't know that any of them are particularly dirty. But... Yeah, it's funny though. There's always one that smells like onions, and it's because of you know, they're eleven and hormones and <laughs> whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, our last piece of news, um, and you know, just a brief explanation. Of Speaking the, of eleven-year-olds, the, the out, out, yeah. Johnny Depp is going to be Grindelwald Wait, in. He's eleven. I don't know. This is a Harry Potter fandom. Yeah, this is the eleven. I eleven just, is when you get you your know, letter, folks. You're a smart audience. I just I expected I, you to connect those dots. I, I, yeah, I was really hoping, but I mean, let's face it. Some of you I've got to spell it out for. Yeah. No. Um, Johnny Depp is going to be Grindelwald, Grindelwald fantastic, fantastic beast. Dude, yeah. do you think we're going to get the big, the big duel between him and Dumbledore though? I want it to happen. Because wasn't it like like seven weeks long or something like that? I you did. read the books, right? Did you read all the books? Uh huh. Yeah. I I'm having a little trouble remembering this, but now they said that I, I think they I, talked I about this do. in book six or seven. It was one of the one of the the later books that they talked about the duel between Dumbledore mm-hmm. and Grindelwald. And fuck, like I don't necessarily know that I pictured Johnny Depp 
when they talked about Grindelwald, but I can totally see him doing it. Oh, quite honestly, like when they said Johnny Depp and and anything related to Harry Potter in the same sentence, it's like, well, I'm surprised that hasn't already happened, especially since they had Helena Bo- Helena Bottom Carter in it. Like, well, and they kept his casting a secret for a long time. Like, this movie comes out what next week, and like we didn't yep. know about this until last week. So, yeah, yeah, and I assume that's probably because same sorts of things. Like, people are getting the footage, and you can see it in the trailer or whatever. Yeah, so. uh, or not trailer, but the uh, you know the crawl. I guess it's not a crawl if it's not Star Wars, huh? Yeah, you're right. Whatever. Anyway, um, that's pretty rad, actually. I'm pretty excited about that because I really do think Johnny Depp is the type of guy that fits pretty well in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, and he's already got a faux English accent, so... Yeah, he does faux English very well. So, before we get into TV talk, I just want to kind of set the, the, the tone for the audience about where my day has been so far. Yeah, go for it. Um... So I went to a duck game today because, you know, being from Oregon, you know, the ducks are the, the kind of, they're, they're kind of a big deal around here. Not yeah. this year. <laughs> no, not um, really. But uh, I, I, I go to a local establishment and I play trivia on Tuesday nights. And uh, the top prize this week was four tickets to the, the, the game against Stanford this weekend. And Did you see that humble brag, folks? You just slipped that right in there. Oh, we won, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah. Um, that's we, okay on that shit. I, uh, I I took a buddy of mine who's been a, a a lifelong Oregon Ducks fan and honestly has never been to a game, which is weird because like the guy used to be like a season ticket holder for the Seahawks and whatnot. So, huh. um, so we went there. Um, we tailgated and many PBRs were were uh, consumed. Yeah, as you do. Um, you know, like you do. And the reason we went with PBR is because, well, mostly he drinks beer like that anyway. And for me. I can drink that all day long. And <laughs> I was just going to say, PBR is my, like, it's my yard work beer. Yeah. It's because, like, I got a bunch of shit I want to do, and I want to be drinking something, so. So, I think I was talking about the duck game? Yeah, duck game. $10 parking. Yeah, $10 parking. Yeah. So, we found a place to park for 10 bucks, um, and we get there, and we have, like, an hour and a half, two hours before the game starts, and so, we're like, yeah, let's just hang out and drink beer for an hour and say, a half. I think in PBR terms, that's, like, about 64 PBRs. We, well, I mean, we paced ourselves because, because number one, I'm looking around the $10 parking spots and I'm like, I don't see any Porta Johns around here at all. And I kind of already have to pee when we get there. Yeah. I mean, PBR. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, I guess I can wait till I get to the stadium, you know? Mm-hmm. By the time we start walking, like I'm in physical pain Yeah, because I have to pee so bad. Luckily, like a block and a half up, like there's Porta Johns right there and there was no line. Like there was one dude and, and a chicken there. Um that were waiting and like she got right in and then the, the the other one opened up and he got right in so like i like i literally waited like a minute and a half to get into pee and it was one of those like i felt like i could fly kind of thing when i was done because <laughs> like like it, it we've really all been hurt there. that bad we've you know? all been there and um so we get there we watch the game we left about six minutes before the end of the game because i mean it was a blowout the ducks were getting killed um and by the time we actually got out of the stadium, like there was one minute to go. They scored a touchdown when we weren't looking kind of a thing. And then we were on our way to the parking spots. Dude, the way that they have the parking, like they shut down traffic lights for like 10 blocks and just have cops, like cop cars with lights flashing, like at every intersection and, and cops out there, like trying to direct traffic. Only they want you to go to the freeway. Yeah. 
the freeway is not where we wanted to go because it was such a clusterfuck just just from like Albany to Highway 34, which is literally four miles, people, for those of you who aren't familiar with the area, yeah, was a nightmare. Just, See, and, and so, like, we're just like, okay, we're going to do the same thing. Only you can't, like, unless you jump on the Beltline, which is, like, one of the big, like, gets you from Eugene to Springfield quickly things, you can't. And we were trying to avoid the Beltline because we didn't want to take the chance that we were going to get stuck with freeway traffic ever. again. Like, here's the thing. Like, if you've ever been to a smallish town college, you know, like with a big college following, what the thing is, is that smallish college town is built for uh, a small, you know, it's it's built a small community. And Eugene isn't one of the smaller towns in Oregon. Eugene uh, is the second biggest town in Oregon, actually. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, is that the freeway is definitely not. It's just a two-lane, you know, freeway. So, like... At, at peak capacity, um, right now you're basically sitting bumper to bumper, especially for things like duck games. And, there's and... there's two freeways in Eugene now. There's the there's the the five and the one hundred five now. Yeah, yeah, um, but it it still sucks. Like yeah. it just it's such shit. Like that's one of the things that sucks about you know driving through around you know yeah. these games and stuff like that. Or we, if you have to actually be somewhere that's not the game, uh, it really sucks going up and down the five. We ended up having like and I and I told you this already. We had to we had to drive the wrong way. Yeah, or not the wrong way. When we were going with traffic, don't get me wrong, we weren't driving <laughs> the opposite way of traffic. He's driving the... down the road. All you assholes are going the wrong direction. Yeah. Oh wait, it's me. No, we just know. we we had to go the opposite way that we wanted to go in order to get to where we wanted to go, just to avoid the the police uh, barricades and and people telling us that we like they really don't want you driving anywhere but the freeway once that game is over, which is insane. Yeah, and let's face it, it's a little bit like the the police are like setting up their own like Escher-esque level of like, hey, let's just switch the things when they go by and then they'll drive around in circles for like eight miles. Dude, it's crazy. And I, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I like again, not a conspiracy theorist, but like it really seems like they're kind of in cahoots with the state cops because once we got to where we wanted to be, which was not the freeway and we were driving up, and we were making good time because we we were doing sixty on on the yeah. back roads. The freeway was not; it was doing like twenty miles an hour max, and like it seemed like every few miles you'd see a stater with his lights on pulling somebody over. Oh, they totally they they definitely do uh, for big events like this. They definitely like that's when they the whole team comes in and then they get on the freeway. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like if you go up to the 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 garden, or I guess is it still the garden. The Moda Center. The Moda Center, like yeah. That it's the Rose Garden. When you go to the Rose Garden, um, uh, it's like that too. Uh, so as soon as you leave any sort of big event at the Garden, uh, it's like that. You know, for ten or fifteen miles outside of Portland. See, when you say the Garden, it, it, people are probably thinking Madison Square. That's that's usually what people refer to as the Garden. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, so the motive. Steve Austin tells a really interesting anecdote about anecdote about getting uh, knocked unconscious in a wrestling match, and uh, it was oh, back. Yeah. It was back. You're in, in the, the garden, boy. Yeah, Earl Hebner. You know where you at? You in the garden, boy? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, he, he's not even being like Earl Hebner. Really does sound like a cartoon from the 1920s, dude. Just. In the words of Al Pacino, I gotta tell you, <laughs> the traffic after a duck game, it's fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. Should we talk TV? A little bit, yeah. Okay. We watched a couple shows this week. We did. We watched, I think, two. Um, which, uh, was there a shield? There wasn't a shield. That was Tuesday. It's normally a Tuesday airtime. 
Yeah, and I'm still behind on last week's. I haven't watched last week's yet. So yeah, and I, and, it's, and I it's definitely good week missed, for me to catch up. Definitely missed Legends. So um, we 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 really only got the two. We got Supergirl and we got uh, Arrow. Yeah, yeah. So Supergirl first. Um, this was the Monel episode. Yeah, it was funny. It was it was yeah, it's humorous. Um, we didn't explore the White Martian at all, which was weird. Yeah, because th- that think- was the big reveal last week. I do kind of think though that that's going to be probably one of the bigger like an arc for this this season. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically Monel. Uh. They're like, uh. So you're on Earth now. Let's get your job, and you're gonna be just basically exactly like me, which is you know almost completely ripping off the Clark Kent thing. Um. You know. To be fair, she did not give him clear instructions. So like, the fact that she said you can't bang Jimmy Olsen's assistant in the copy room. <laughs> Like that's her fault. Yeah, it's totally, totally on her, um, and that's pretty much the whole episode. Like, uh, or not the it's not the whole episode, but that's oh, the, size of- the the big reveal is is uh, that uh, um, what's her face Danvers, the elder Danvers sister. Oh yeah, there is a big reveal there. Actually, yeah. this is kind of interesting too. Um, so bef- let's be- before we move on from Monel, because that's sort of like the um, it's a, it's a side plot basically. But uh, what's going on there basically is um. Kara's like, okay, so we're going to get you all acquainted on Earth, and you're going to be an intern at Catco, and blah, blah, blah. And Monel gets there, and he's like, hey, uh, working sucks. So I got this uh, chick that's got a thing for me to do all my paperwork, and is just basically sitting there playing Tetris at a she's, cubicle or she's whatever. She's like, you know how you thought that Daxamites were all lazy, arrogant bastards? Yeah, he's really not. He's you're feeding not, that stereotype. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this work. So she's like, "Hey, you can't do that. You got to do all the work." And then the next time that we come back to him, he, he's totally banging her in the coffee room. Uh, the, the assistant that is not not Kara, Miss um, Tessmacher, which is a nice uh, throwback to the uh, yeah. We talked movie. about that, I yeah. think. It, but yeah, Miss Tess, Tessmacher, she's t- he's Monel's, you know, getting down, and and she's like, "You can't do that." And he's like, "Well, dude, it's been a really long time since I did it. Uh, I'm pretty sure we can, you know. Actually, we're totally, you know, the parts fit. Yeah, <laughs> everything goes together just fine." And she's like, "No, that's no. anyway." So we get to the end of the episode with that at least and they're kind of she's kind of like well i guess i can't force you to be something you're not and blah 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 and i was like well you're basically just trying to force him not to be a dipshit so i'm not sure that that's the lesson we need to take away from this episode but whatever yeah yeah it was kind of ham-fisted about the wrong things in that episode yeah it was like ah oh, that's a weird moral to draw but whatever you yeah. know it was like a south park moral essentially yeah, yeah. but we did see big sis yeah kind of she kind of wants to get with that chick the, the cop lady does at first it was like oh they're really good friends and then it's like no they're that's no she's she likes her she yeah. likes her and it turns out that's the thing like i think um they're definitely uh it's it's sort of uh one of those like i gotta tell you something sister oh and then somebody walks in the room so they cut it off but um yeah. what's her lena, name lena luther cut it off yeah what's the elder danvers uh yeah, I don't freaking remember. Can we just say sissy at this point? S- <laughs> sissy Danvers. Um, is that insensitive? I guess it's only if it's a dude, huh? Um, anyway, she's a lesbian. Um, or at least it's looking strongly like it. Like, she kind of has a come-to-Jesus moment definitely, in the middle. Definitely is curious. Yeah, she she kind of has her little moment in the middle where she's like, um, you know those things you were saying about how I might be totally gay? Uh, I think you maybe. I'm not sure, but yeah, probably. Um, Alex. Alex Danvers. Yeah. Um, so she's got a dude name even. Yeah. So we should be surprised in, into into chicks, right? <laughs> um, and Again, people, white male privilege. Yeah. We can say whatever we want now. Because before we were really holding back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the thing about this is it's kind of interesting. Um, they really... I'm actually kind of pleased because I don't think they've done anything so far in the canon, and granted we're only a season and a half in, that would uh, uh, screw this up. Like, it's not like she's had a history of, like, uh, dating guys or anything like that, or, you know, having uh, um, a lot of romantic interest in dudes. It, it, this is, totally fits the universe. Like, yeah. she she kind of says, you know, like, I've, I've, you know, I've had relationships and it's never been, you know, super great or anything like that, but she's really into this chick that uh, just came into the show, like, in the last two two episodes or something like that. Um so yeah, I thought this is kind of were, this is kind of okay. Were you? Was it? Did you notice if it was this episode or the episode before? I don't remember where she talks about um, uh, Kara's character talks about um, having to live with Alex through her punk rock phase. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> did, like for those of you listening at home, if you don't know why that's funny, um, uh, Kyler Lay, who is the uh, actress who plays Alex Danvers was the chick from that 80s show which i actually watched i I thought it was funny it definitely was not that 70s show um but if you if you watch her in that in that uh that 80s show she has a mohawk like she's going through a punk rock face not a small mohawk uh june june was her name or tuesday they called her tuesday i think through the whole thing yeah but, I know nothing about that show, honestly. I, I I think I'm probably not alone in saying I did not watch it. Dude, it's amazing. Like it was, it was actually a funny show. It just when when it came out, it was that 80s show. Like people really just kind of expected it to be like a a, a direct spinoff of that 70s show, and it totally wasn't. Well, I think I think a little bit of it too was like how they're just ripping that off, and I don't know if I'm going to watch it, you know. But uh, so that's kind of sad because uh, there have been occasions where you know, like uh, Twenty One Jump Street is the most recent memory I have of this sort of phenomenon in which they take a property that's pretty well established and do something n- almost entirely different with it, um, right? And it turns out to be really good anyway. So she was also in Seventh Heaven, apparently. I mean, sure, three episodes of it, um, and. You know, I have to go back and check her IMDb because I bet everything that Kara said, you know, like I was there when you went through your punk rock phase and there was a couple of other things. I think uh, I bet those are probably uh, very subtle Easter eggs. Weird. Fans. She was the main character and not another teen movie as well, which I did not even know. And I own that movie. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times that that was before that whole shtick got really, really just that was kind of the beginning of the we're just going to make satire movies of of pop yeah, culture things that are popular. They're not going to be good yeah. uh, from here out, basically. So um, that's funny. I'll have to go back and look at that because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was I stopped when they came out with like the pirate movie or whatever. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. Not not another pirate movie or yeah, not another oddly specific genre movie. <laughs> Honestly, when when I saw that trailer, um, oh, there's another thing we got to talk about very quickly because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. But I went, you're the only one's got to work tomorrow, so we got all the time you want. Yeah, well, I went this week. And my wife was like, "Hey, uh, you know that movie that's coming out? Uh, what is it, uh, Mr. Strange or something?" Um, I don't care about that. Go see that, and so I did. Uh, so this, fuck you, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, you, fuck me, right? Uh, but no, I totally didn't. It was totally awesome. Yeah, we got to go see it too. Uh Casey and I've been we've been trying to figure out like so her big idea, she thought that for sure on Friday night this week that the the little tiny theater here in town would would 
um, end its run with trolls and, and go right into Doctor Strange. But apparently they don't. Like, we have another week before Doctor Strange comes out here in town. Crazy. But I, I bet mean, they're probably actually trying to avoid paying the... Because the, when you, you're a theater owner, depending on time frames, you pay a shit ton more to premiere Essentially, movie. like, if you're a big budget movie movie theater, like, if you're one of the main ones, like, when you get the movie, like, the first week, almost 100% of the profits from that movie go back to the box office. Indeed, yes. The following week, you get to keep... Uh, Fifteen percent, and then like the the more weeks it runs, like the more profit you make off of it. Um, but if you guys ever wondered why it costs fucking nine dollars for a soda, that's why is because of the big budget movies they make nothing from the movies themselves. Yeah, so, basically. Um, but yeah, we were gonna have the two older girls come over and actually like watch the other two while we went and saw it, and then it just didn't happen. So yeah. Um, Did okay, you see so, it in 3D? No, I did not see 3D, and I actually, if not for the fact that like if um. Yeah, okay. Should we talk about Arrow first and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about Doctor Strange? Sure. I'm just want to keep going. No, go ahead. Like let's let's talk about um, Let's Arrow talk about Arrow. So, so we, um th- this was kind of another show I don't know. You you had a positive spin on this episode, but to me it's just kind of it's I fucking hate when they're just like we have to create drama for the sake of creating drama, which is exactly what they did in this episode with the rest of the team because they're like we can't possibly trust them because one of them gave up your identity. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, you didn't trust us enough." But now that it's a big deal, you have to tell us. And then they get through that, and he's and they're like, "Oh, well, you're a stone cold hypocrite because you're a fucking killer," you know? Yeah, there's definitely those parts that I still am not really enjoying. But the show overall is is fantastically better than season three or four. I did like the fact that Ragman has a, a family fucking um, schnapps recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um. Although funny, funny enough, I'm having a little bit of a trouble t- actually remembering any sort of plot from this, except for the fact that um, Prometheus that is- Prometheus is um, killing people oh, openly that's now. Right. So that's in the news. And in addition to that, the people that he's killing, their names are anagrams for people that were on Oliver's list from the first season. Yeah, and- anagrams. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot to say. I think about this episode, except for that, I really did enjoy the fact that it was not bad. Um, I, I did, uh, I had some of the same moments as you, which is like, you know, you're all just being kind of whiny. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, he killed people Yeah, get over it. You know, if we could come up with a show that has a, a plot, a show, an episode of arrow that has a plot that's, that holds on its own without having to recycle something that we've already done on arrow, that would just be the tits like to me i just I, I do like that they're taking this a little bit back to it's 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 roots a little bit like this feels a little bit more like a season one sort of thing i just i'm a little tired of like you said that the the drama for the sake of drama and that was really kind of what desperately drugged down season three and four um four so, especially um or at least the the ones that feel sort of contrived like um you know one of the i guess that the the thing that it didn't really bother me too much that they're like oh he's a killer and we didn't know that because for all intents and purposes they didn't he he's the green arrow was a different person from the arrow or the hood um so it doesn't really bother me that they found that part uh you know a little despicable Um, i just hate that we have to have the dig character be the one that tells the audience that that's okay yeah because honestly if you're watching at this point and you're like you know six episodes into season five you know this already. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have the Diggle character be like, you know what, Oliver? It's okay because that's not who you are anymore. Yeah. You know, and that was probably a little bit more Wilford Brimley, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was going to say that, that was definitely I'm not white. a very good dig, uh, but close enough. Um, 
But yeah, the things that do bother me are like, well, we can't trust them because they gave up. It's like, well, you know, under torture um, and pretty much most, you know, even the superheroes, quite a lot of them would probably do that. So give them a fucking break. Um, that kind of shit is kind of annoying to me because that that sort of like inner team strife doesn't really need to exist whatsoever. Yeah, and and I, it just feels it feels you know similarly contrived, and that's one of the things that I'm not really enjoying so much. But overall, the show the show is still uh, quite a lot better, and I still was pretty happy with the episode overall. So we, we did. We, I just I, maybe I'm in such a habit of complaining about Arrow that I don't even know how to stop. We did finally um, meet the character that uh, Oliver's been trying to kill in the flashback scenes the entire season, and it turns out that that character is the Russian from Rocky Four. Yeah, basically. No, it totally is. It's Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, it's like my mind just shuts off sometimes. Um, like, no, that's why that bit was funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, presumably Dolph doesn't make it out alive of season five. We'll see. You know, maybe. Or maybe he comes back to haunt Oliver in season six. That would be really funny, actually, if Dolph Lundgren ends up being the big bad for season six. You will lose. Or that's Pro- that's Prometheus. Like, Prometheus takes off the hood and it's Dolph Lundgren. Oh. Yeah, better than Tommy. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'd still probably prefer that better than Tommy. But as soon as they said that he's doing the list, I kind of feel like that that's... Got to be somebody like from Oliver's past. Yeah, it almost has to be Tommy. God, I really hope not, though. Please, yeah, don't do that. Like you've got one meaningful death. Um, that that, or not one meaningful death, but you know, really kind of one meaningful death. Just leave it alone. Let it stand. Don't bring it back. All right. So you saw. I Mr. saw Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mister Strange. Um, that'll be funny when you see the movie. Mister Strange. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, so well, he did earn his credentials. He's a surgeon. Yeah, it's true. Um, the thing that... Okay, so there's a lot of things that I don't want to get too spoilery about, but I yeah, will tell I will you. because I absolutely fucking spoil the shit out of Suicide Squad for you right here <laughs> on the show. Which I still haven't seen. Uh, come out already. I think December 18th or whatever. Yeah. You um, should actually hit yourself in the dick every day that you don't see it from here on out. Well, it, I don't... For, from what I've heard, it's not a good enough... It's not a hit myself in the dick sort of movie. You No, but you ought to be ashamed just for not having seen it after all this time. Yeah, actually, my nine-year-old daughter, who's currently upstairs, you know, I don't know, frolicking or whatever the fuck nine-year-old girls do, uh, actually made fun of me. She's like, well, aren't you a dork and you didn't even see that movie yet? She probably downloaded it and watched it already. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. She's like, yeah, I caught a camera. Whatever. Um, anyway, I saw Doctor Strange, and there's really a surprising amount of stuff that I really, really enjoyed about it. Um, num- well, okay. Uh, first off, you asked me the 3D question. Uh, no, I don't go see movies in 3D anymore. It just does not do shit for me, and I think I really actually don't see 3D the way that it's supposed to be. So seen. here's the deal. I don't either, but I have heard that if you... I mean, if you're ever going to see a movie in 3D at this point, like it should be this one. That was going to be my next sentence. If so. if you um, if 3D is not something that like absolutely makes you nauseous or it just distracts you from the point of the movie that you hate it, uh, then then you know by all means do like I did and stick to 2D. But if you're a person who is okay with 3D at all, this is definitely a movie to go see in 3D. Bailey like, it's worth Bailey, who was going to join us tonight, actually has seen it twice already, and the first time he saw it was IMAX 3D. So he said it's it's well worth it yeah i he's probably entirely correct like again 3d for me is just i'm no longer interested in 3d whatsoever um it would really take a lot to get me to go see another movie in 3d but uh this movie would definitely be one where if that's not a concern for you definitely go see it in 3d um and then the other you know just really quick notes that i'll say uh 
I really, again, appreciated that they embraced the source material, even in some places where I thought, well, that's a little, like, it's 2016, are we really going to go that direction? Um, but they did such a good job with that, which is kind of becoming a shtick for Marvel. Like, uh, as much as, you know, um, DC is kind of shying away from certain parts of their source material, uh, uh, Mar- Marvel's really fucking nailing it. I, I heard they kind of took a shot at the people that uh, were complaining because the Ancient One was not an old Asian dude. Okay, so I finally heard the first realistic and reasonable explanation for why they did that. And it's unfortunately not racism on our side of things, kind of. Um, our side of things being, you know, white people in the United States. Um, what it is, essentially, is racism from China. Uh, not really China specifically, but uh, China, as in the Democratic People's Republic of China, is thoroughly, thoroughly uh, um, against Tibet. And so one of the things that, uh, for Marvel and these big type movies is, they make a shit ton of money off of markets like China. Isn't, so isn't the, Tibet still under Chinese rule at this point? Yeah. yeah. So the part about that is, is they're kind of doing their whole, like, we were always at war with East Asia thing, uh, where they're saying, they, you know, they just can't show a Tibetan character in such a positive light and have expect it to even be approved for showing in, in China. And if you've done any sort of research or know that at all, that's probably not surprising to you at all. The, the Chinese market usually is double the rest of the world combined for movies like that so it it can be not always so much not always but it, it definitely for can the be. big budget movies it, it is a big big fucking market to miss out on and uh i the the thing that seems to be the case is marvel it sounds to me like marvel capitulated so that they could be in that market now first off you'd still be i think totally fine to, to call them out and say yeah but it's still wrong like you shouldn't have done it uh, and our morals should stand up to more than just, you know, greenbacks. But um, it's quite a bit more understandable to me in that case rather than just saying, oh, we need a white actor to play this. Well, the deal with the with the movie like Doctor Strange, though, is it's one of those that, yes, it's a Marvel movie. But, I mean, it, there's always the element of unknown. And so you don't want to spend a certain amount of money on the movie if you know you or, or if you're not sure you, you can make it back worldwide. Well, it's, and it's just literally their their I decision mean, here is to close off. Like, do they take this? I mean, they'd certainly whitewashed a character. And do they decide, like, is this character important enough that we just cannot do it that way? Or do we miss out on this gigantic, humongous market I, for this money? I, I agree that, you know, morals shouldn't be for sale and whatnot. Um, but also, like, we're talking... I mean, we're kind of talking Disney here. And we're kind of talking Marvel here. Uh, and and these companies have been known to issue blanket statements. Like when Spider Man first got sold to Sony, like it was like, okay, so number one, Spider Man is Peter Parker. Um, number two, Peter Parker is white. Number three, Peter Parker is not gay. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when you have rights to characters being sold under these conditions, like you kind of, and I'm not saying it's right, but I mean it's kind of not unrealistic to think that they're like, well, if we make this character an old Asian dude, like China won't be happy. So it's going to be Tilda Swinton now instead. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this, this to me does it still is, it doesn't feel right. Like I, I'm not exactly happy about this maneuver, but I also kind of understand it. And it's not the same thing as racism. I would have been happier. I think if they had, had managed to keep on the, the traditional Tibetan wise one or ancient one, um, I understand why they didn't. I don't think that's entirely morally correct. Uh, but On the other hand, too, the ancient one it's, doesn't have to be a particular form either. So yeah, and you, there's there's the scapegoat that like, well, 
this Sec- is just yeah, the that's what I was going to say. Secondarily, um, it takes literally nothing away from the movie, and uh, Tilda Swinton was really good in it. So yeah, um, as she is, you know what I mean. Like, um, I don't really have a ton of experience with her necessarily, but I know like she was the White Witch in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and she fucking nailed that. So she, Tilda Swinton's actually a, a super good actress, I think. Um, so that, that I mean, that being said, um. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. That's the world we live in. I I understand why they did it. I doesn't. I don't exactly sleep easy knowing that that's the case, or or thinking pretty strongly that that's the case. I am I am sincerely much more happy about it being the case than having it just being them. Like, you know what? Uh, fuck it. We need white people. I also I also wonder too if they had gone the direction and and just let's let's say that they were just like you know what? Fuck China. We're just gonna do what we think is representative of the comic books, you know, more so than anything. Do you think there's backlash from the Asian community going, come on guys, that's stereotypical. Like you're going to cast an Asian in a movie, but it's in a very stereotypical Asian role. Like, well, we talked about that on the first show, and I think that that maybe would have been a little bit of the case, depending on how they played it. Um, and if they would have gone, you know, honestly, the the original, the ancient one, was a little bit of a stereotypical Asian role. They don't have to do that in the movie, though. So when I said that, the fir- I know I definitely said that in the first time. I think that that's kind of a stereotype. Of course, and now, especially having seen the movie and seen Tilda Swinton's performance in it, they definitely didn't have to go that road. They they still could have cast an Asian. The 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 thing then would have been they really would have needed to change the costume because the costume that that's the thing for me that sort of the most ironic part of this is you just put and I think this is probably the way they did it. They wanted to keep the same feel of the ancient one and the costuming and the behavior and stuff like that. It still screams Tibetan to me. Like it still very much feels like she's a Tibetan character. They do reveal a little bit of background about her, just that tiny little fragment to establish that she's not Tibetan. But all of that aside. She still feels like she's she is the Tibetan ancient one, and they, that's like how they got around it essentially. They're like, fine, fuck it, we'll make it for China, and the only way we're gonna get away with this is if we put an Asian dude in it. Because if we put any or if we put a white woman in it, because if we put any guy that's Asian in the same costume in the same characterization, uh, it's not gonna make it past China because it's pretty obviously Tibetan inspired. Um, but anyway, that's all spec. This is all speculation. We've already spent way too long on it. Um, well, it's interesting because I actually um, stumbled upon a, a Facebook argument uh, talking about um, uh, Stephen Yoon now that he's not Glenn yeah. anymore. And uh, it, it it's... Oh, you watched that this week, right? Did I? Which Sunday? episode was this one? The yeah, Daryl episode. Think so. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Somebody was talking about um, Stephen Yoon um, and how they should cast him as Nightwing. And... Like, a bunch of people were like, well, here's the deal. Nightwing's whole shtick is that he's, like, Romani Gypsy in the origin. Like, and that that's a big deal to his character, you know? And so, of course, you had the very typical... We'll just rewrite his origin. Uh, stop being racist kind of a thing. And I'm like, okay, but at what point does it stop being Nightwing, then? You know, if you if you if you rewrite his origin and cast him as an Asian dude, at what at what point are we making just a movie that is somebody's creation to appease uh, a a specific race as opposed to making a comic book movie that is true to the comic book origins and whatnot? Um, so while I think that it's a good idea to have 
more Asian characters in movies or, or people of any color for that matter. Um, I don't necessarily like Nightwing is not one of those guys that you can just be like, Oh, he's this now. So this is an interesting one for me because on the surface, I don't mind this at all. Like the, the only thing that really is a hangout for me about this is the origin because, uh, you know, the whole thing is, you know, uh, um, Dick Grayson comes from the circus, you know, he, he does have that soul, that, that gypsy origin. And that's, that's a very big part of his character. Like he's, that's one of the constant, like, especially if you read like new 52 Nightwing and like the stuff that happened in the years leading up to new 52, like it's, it's very, very important to who he is as a person and everything else. So, yeah. So how, I don't know. They could, they, they would really have to go off script a little bit. Um, I think they could find a way to make that work, and I and it wouldn't bother me. This I mean, one, this I mean, one the saying... argument, the argument that was used against the people that kind of take my stance on it is, well, then why did they cast Matt Damon as a Mongol warrior in the Great Wall? And I'm like, well, that's because Hollywood is shitty. You know? Like, yeah. That's... <laughs> quite honestly, I I keep seeing the trailer for this, and I really keep wanting them to make that make that make sense for me because th- this movie is it kind of looks shitty to me. Yeah. Like I'm not real excited about it, and uh, having this this feels like the most pandering, whitewashing sort of. I, I don't enjoy it, even if they have a, a way that I don't know. Unless it makes a whole lot of sense, like the Last Samurai. If you're getting all shitty about uh, Tom Cruise being white in that movie, maybe go watch the movie because that's sort of a that's big part. Actually, of the movie. part of the movie, yeah, yeah. But this one, like, the, the, it's not really clear in the trailer why Matt Damon is a white Mongol warrior in ancient China. Yeah, but uh, it looks really dumb to me. Uh, the, but that said, the movie I'm not sure that I'm on board for at all. Anyway, the only reason I probably would go see it is because Matt Damon and ninjas. Um. Well, I mean, yeah, but but anyway, Steven Yoon. Steven Yoon is Nightwing. Uh, that's too... I also don't think he's tall enough. That's I don't you know. See, I don't care much about that. I I, um... I, I do because that's part of the care. Like you have somebody like Nightwing has been Batman before. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah, see. But the, as much as like as much as I've said this before, like I know. First off, I know if you go back and listen to previous shows, you're gonna hear me talk about this. Um, and even like I've still a, a thousand times probably said Gal Gadot does not make sense to me as Wonder Woman because she's just too small. But then I watch the Wonder Woman trailer fantastic. and all of a sudden I fucking don't care. But Stephen Yoon, like, is really not of the stature to be a superhero, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but like, I just think if I can... He's the small guy that could get in and out of zombie-infested, like, towns. I Yeah, I just think, though, that if I didn't give a shit... If I don't give a shit about how, how small Gal Gadot is compared to her, uh, uh, you know, typical portrayal, uh, there's no reason stature well, would get Gal, me, wouldn't get me past that. Gal not small, either, though. She's slender compared to what we see in the comic books as Wonder Woman. Like, she's definitely not as... as, as uh, buxom shall we say that's true that's because um, depending on who draws wonder woman some some but some people get a little free with how buxom wonder woman even yoon is a small guy yeah that's true and but like, i mean so is Tom I Cruise, and they've been I, making him look bigger for like 20 years i can't picture him ever being batman in a situation where that calls for it and why are you crinkling that you're i don't know it's right like I, we're on a podcast <laughs> or something shit um yeah no i don't I don't think I have as much of a problem with this, and maybe this is just because I'm a Steven Yeun fanboy. But uh, I think I mean, too. This... But can't we cast him as Kato in a next in a, in a in a real Green Hornet movie? Yeah, uh, that could be an idea too. Um, I mean, <laughs> and that sounds incredibly white male privilege of me to say, but like... <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. The the thing you, for this you know, always you know comes who, down to you know like... who he could be. He could be Garth 
in in an Aquaman movie. You know what I mean? Like he could be Atlantean. Like there's no rules on on what makes an Atlantean an Atlantean. Like they don't have to be white bread baby face people. Like he could. There's a lot of superheroes he could be. There, well, yeah, I know. It's just the Nightwing thing. Like, I've been thinking more about this in general. Again, sorry, everything comes back to the fucking election. But I've been thinking about like um, how I perceive the world and race in general and stuff like that. And so I've been thinking more about these types of questions. And uh, this one doesn't bother me so much until I really see how they did it. Um, because I think that one way to do it is to completely ignore Nightwing's background, which would be a major fuck up. And I think another way to do it would be to just don't emphasize the race parts whatsoever. Because really, honestly, Nightwing, that's not a thing that really happens. Like, there is a very much a traveling sort of circus aspect of it, but it's never really like he comes out and definitively, or I'm sure he probably does in some issue somewhere, but it's not really a massive part of the character, what racial background or demographic he has. So, I'd say uh, I would I would withhold judgment. Playboy Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he can't. Is he gonna fuck an Asian kid? I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, Right. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this until I actually see it. But this is another thing. Like, well, I I mean, it's not happening. It's just one of those things that it's like Donald Glover is Spider Man. Like, it's definitely one of those like fan casting sort of things. Yeah. Um, In actuality, I don't think it's probably the best way to go, but. for lots of different reasons, uh, but I would be, I would, I would definitely go into it with an open mind. You, you did hear that the Donald Glover Han Solo, the the cape is definitely happening, right? It has to. Wait, I didn't know that the cape wasn't on the table. Like, well, I mean, I don't think it ever was not on the table, but like, he confirmed that like he he's already got a cape, like he's. Like, Dude, I would not even fucking sign the papers to be Lando <laughs> unless I got the cape. If they were like, you can be Lando, but there's no cape, I'd be like, well, fuck you. That's not Lando, then. I'm out. He's like, not only want the cape, but within two months of this movie, I want to be in Colt 45 commercials. Right. Definitely. Like, He's like, I, I'm actually just planning on assuming Billy Dee's life. Yeah. That's how it's going to go. Absolutely. Um, Walking Dead. Walking Darryl. Dead. Yeah, so we got one more tangent to go on this week because we forgot we watched another show. The Walking Dead. Uh, this So this episode is definitely a Daryl-centric episode. This features Daryl. He's um, the only one of the main cast that it actually does feature. Yeah, being basically trapped in a cell by Negan and going through all that shit. With the fucking crazy happy music. Yeah, so this is really funny, and this is one of the things that I meant to put in the show notes that I didn't, uh, and maybe I'll go back and find it, but um, the composer of that song... Uh, heard, you know, got used, and he watched the episode, and he fucking loved it. He's like, I am so happy my music is being used to torture somebody. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah. And that's what it is. It's basically a torture tactic. Um, and, you know, it should give you an idea of how Negan feels about torture compared to how our current president does, because the worst form of torture we get here is basically shitty food and um, music. To me. Loud music all the time. I, I get where... I- think i get how this is gonna go to as far as the downfall of negan is concerned um number one i think it's probably gonna happen this season you think it's gonna happen this season yeah because I... they're, they're building that already up with dwight and his being more and more uh like with the escapee that he had to chase down mm-hmm. and then plus the scene with with him and daryl at the end where daryl's like look i get why you are what you are like yep. you're weaker than i am that's fine like you know, and that that kind of was that what it was because that was after Daryl was like, no, fuck you, I'm Daryl. Yeah, you know, and um, but but Dwight, like throughout the episode, you you see him kind of questioning what he's doing and why he's doing it, um, and and I think that's ultimately going to be the turn, and I think Daryl is going to be a piece of that 
and they're gonna probably uh, yeah i definitely saw daryl as being part of dwight's turn which i think is actually fantastically done because the comics actually dwight's turn is not as well done i think no it's kind of just it just happens i mean they they give you a little bit of background about his wife and negan taking his wife and yeah he's he's dissatisfied but that's really all they use for him to there's just be like, not, nope, fuck there's you. There's not a whole lot of characterization yeah. in there. So we've already probably got a little bit more characterization from this than uh, we have in the comic books. Which, I, that's one of the things that I really like when The Walking Dead can do well. And I think this episode actually did and do a good job you, of it. You get more of, of of Dwight's wife as well. Because she's mm-hmm. in the episode and she's... Pretty, like Her scenes are pretty touching actually too. Because she like specifically is talking to Daryl through his cell door saying, hey... Um, you know, when we said we were sorry when we took your stuff and you said we were going to be, you're not wrong. Yeah. You know, (laughs) she's like, yeah, we, we are sorry. Like we still, you know, like even though it seems like we won, we definitely did not. Yeah. So, um, I like that. And, and I think that seeds a pretty good, um, you know, it seeds the resentment against Negan and his own clan, which you would, you would have to think, you know, you watch how they introduce him and, and what sort of a leader he is. It shouldn't surprise you at all that there's some necessary resentment in Negan's clan. Uh, but it's nice to see how they're doing that on screen. Cause I think that is a little bit better flesh out than comic book. You know, actually, I want to go back to that because you said you think that this is going to wrap up in a season, and I think that's interesting because one another you know podcast I was listening to talking about The Walking Dead said they thought this is going to go at least two seasons because really what we're getting here is we're um, for the last couple of seasons we've had our group in really precarious situations, like especially when they were in the A car, yeah. Um, and they're still confident as all hell. They're just like, oh no, they they fucked with the wrong people, except for they didn't actually use the the right line. Um, and th- at this point they they've basically are nigh on unstoppable. Um, they've had a lot of success in the recent seasons. There hasn't been a lot of major deaths or anything like that. And then, th- and so a lot of people are getting a little sick of this is like, okay, they, they get the sanctuary, everything goes fine for a little bit and then it falls apart. Then they get the sanctuary and it looks like with Alexandria, they're basically set up like they've were repelled, you know, giant herd of walkers and so on. And, uh, so it seems like they're fine in this season or this episode, especially season seven, episode one was supposed to break that down and really make everybody, especially the characters on screen feel vulnerable. Okay. Um, so here's, here's my take on it. It has been speculated and Kirkman has kind of led people to the speculation that he is planning on wrapping up the series. The, the book? No, the, the TV series. The TV series. The TV series. So... I'd be surprised if this goes 10 seasons is all I'm saying. So So that doesn't surprise me too much. I don't see it going. The Negan thing could very easily last through next season as well and be two seasons long if they plan on ending it right away. Yeah. If they don't plan on ending it right away, if they plan on going nine seasons, then I can see them wrapping Negan up this season and then have the Whisperers be a season and a half to two seasons. But See, I, I would be... I think... It should go the other way around. If anything, I think Negan should get two seasons and the Whisperer should get one. Well, Negan would be there anyway. Spoilers. Yeah, I suppose. So, um, but I just mean his whole arc is a bigger deal to me, and I, don't I think, think it should is. take more screen I don't think time. It, is. Than, it took than the way Whispers. longer in the comic books than it, than it should have. A lot of people I actually so. left the comic books because of how long that whole story arc took. Yeah, 
Um, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I've been wondering about that too because we are now on season seven, and uh, you know, some some shows do ten ten seasons, but I don't see The Walking Dead uh, from an artistic standpoint just going on super super long. So I was thinking maybe they do season. They'll definitely do a season eight, and maybe a season nine but I, I just I don't see this being like Grey's Anatomy on it's like 14th season or something like that and I don't know where, where Kirkman's at as far as like wrapping the comic book um 10 years I think is what he said it, like 10 years away or yeah. he's gonna do it and oh yeah. shit dude he's he's got lots of stuff planned for the comic books and but I think you're right like I think the longevity of a TV series especially like when you're looking at the long form uh hour long TV series uh especially in the new popular format which is the 13 episode season on cable yeah it's sons went seven seasons yeah mad men i think 10 did it go 10 i I think so uh so that's out of the norm i Uh, mean that's that's sort of like the top end of shows these days usually like especially these types of shows breaking bad was one of the best shows on tv and it was like seven six maybe something like that yeah so i mean I mean, basically, the thing with all of those shows, or the thing that those shows have in common, is they have a they have sort of a narrative that that's fairly well planned out, and and you know it ends when it ends. Like it's not meant to be a thing that goes in perpetuity. Um, so that's the show for this week. If you like us, uh, please go on Twitter and tell us, or I guess Facebook parlance. So let's go facebook.com slash whatever show and like us there. Yeah, we are at whatever show on Twitter. Yes. Um, we also very much would appreciate your likes and faves and whatever on iTunes. And if you could give us a five-star rating and tell us uh, what you like about the show and tell other fans what you like about the show, I'd really appreciate that, too. Um, uh, of course, iTunes.com. Uh, I don't remember how podcasts work, but just search for whatever show. And, 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 um, you have to click iTunes. on... When you, when you click on the search, just specify in the store that you're looking for whatever and will be actually the top result. Yeah, right on. So, which was really funny. I was like, "Well, we made up a word, and we're not even the top result for for the first couple of uh, months." And okay, but but we now, now we are. Now yeah. we are. So, um, just word to the wise about how next week's episode is going to work. Um, we're going to record on a Sunday, which is could go one of two ways. Um, Eddie either can ask his wife permission to watch The Walking Dead at our house next week, which may or may not work out in his favor i think this is the one where we get back to the main group so i think that that might be a uh, I, I don't know like um, there's not a lot of cardinal sins in my house but the the other the other thing that we're thinking about doing though is because next week is uh survivor series yeah um and we thought maybe we would try sitting here at this podcast table where we're at right now and actually watching the pay-per-view while we record so we'll introduce the matches as they come out and then um provide maybe a little bit of commentary on that and then hit some show notes too as we go through it yeah all right folks so just listen because you know i mean we're gonna be here whether you want us or not so yeah all right folks we'll see you next week later